One of my creative dreams, especially long term, is to work on things that incorporate a lot of my different interests and skills, as opposed to just working on a painting or just playing an instrument. I think it just feels really magical and exciting to be able to incorporate all those different parts of yourself into one project. Welcome back to Never Wear Boring Socks, Creative Souls. I'm Maria Ramsey. And I'm Anna Barnard. And Anna, it's good to talk to you again. It's been yeah. a little while since we recorded an episode. It has. It's been it's been a crazy time. Yeah. Sorry for so, the <laughs> the delay. Life We did say we were coming back happens. in February. But life happens exactly. Yeah. So now we're back in in mid-April. This is what you get. Yeah. But it's okay. <laughs> we needed a little extra time to rest and recharge and plan for what we were doing next and take care of some life stuff. Indeed. And now we're back again. Yes. It's been an eventful few we're months. Back. So, Anna, yeah. would you like to tell me what socks you're wearing today? I would love to tell you that. I am wearing a pair of floral socks. They say, you're killing my vibe on them. I believe I've worn these before. Um, I chose these socks because I needed some bright colors in my life. And I feel like I've had some like negativity this week. And it's killing my vibe. So bring the positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> well, acknowledging the negativity, which is yes. important. <laughs> yes. Uh, what about you, Maria? What socks are you wearing? I'm wearing a new pair of socks that Ooh. actually you gave me for Christmas. Ooh. So I haven't worn them on a podcast before. They're blue, and they have this little little purple being with a little magic wand, and it says, magic is totally real. On each sock because it is. in purple. And I quite enjoy them because I really am into being able to wear my predominant life philosophy on my feet. Like, what, what's not to love about that? <laughs> I, I, that's what I thought when I got them for you. <laughs> exactly. And Ben was wearing, my brother Ben, the cheese beast, was wearing his cheese socks that you gave him yesterday and i feel like that's sort of his predominant life philosophy right. so right it's very appropriate exactly so today we're talking about being an artist who's working in multiple media or multiple disciplines of art which is something that both of us have experienced indeed something that's a, a part of both of our reality. So something that I think about when I think about being an artist who works in a lot of different disciplines is the possibility for one 
discipline or medium affecting your experience with another one. Mm -hmm. Like maybe music influencing your writing or writing influencing your painting or things like that. Is that something that you've experienced, Anna? Yeah, I believe so. I think... Um, I think my predominant reaction first when I'm considering like what projects to work on or things like that, that I'm doing is I get overwhelmed really easily because there's, there are different things and there's a lot going on. So when I can kind of meld them together in some way or use one to influence the other, so I feel like I'm still kind of dabbling in both then mm. i feel i feel more like well spread out with my ideas i feel like um i don't know if i have any concrete examples for that but just um i think that goes especially for me in writing is that i like to think about what other things that i care about besides writing and how i can like incorporate that into stories and things like that because i think that adds some sort of sense of authenticity to it I really like that. And that makes me think of a taking a holistic approach to creativity. That's kind of what mm -hmm. it sounds like you're describing, which really aligns with our focus on holistic health and well-being. And kind of one of the other things that we talk a lot about on this podcast, because I do think a lot of times we do kind of try to separate our different interests and parts of ourselves and put them into separate categories and parts of our lives and we're sort of living these like divided chopped up lives right. in that way and I think that can apply to our art if we're working on a bunch of different kinds of projects so I think I don't know that sounds really healthy in a holistic way to think about your other interests and passions and artistic media when you're working yeah. on one well, and part of that is definitely some wishful thinking going on. Like, I've only been so, like, successful to a certain degree with that, you know? Um, it's harder but, than it yeah. sounds, maybe. <laughs> well, and I think the reason, again, one of the reasons why I go about that is just to make me feel like I am not isolated in one thing. I, a lot of times, if I have some sort of chunk of free time, I'll think you know, oh, this is a good time to work on some sort of project. But then it's like, well, do I write or do I crochet or mm. do I go do this? And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I can't do them all at once. And so if there's any way to sort of meld them together, then I feel like I am a almost like achieving more things. You know, and it's almost like an accomplishment sort of thing for me. It's like I'm 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 using my time in a way in which I get to to do multiple things that I enjoy doing because my time is limited. So this is a good way for me to try to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes I think maybe that can lead to spreading yourself too thin, too. So I think there's like a fine line there. But I think when you actually do find good connections between the things that you're doing, then it can be a really cool synthesis. Yeah. I, yeah, I've thought about that, too. It sort of feels like a more efficient use of your time. 
if you're doing right. these multiple things at once. I haven't thought about that too much. I think I I recently have just been really interested in I don't know. One of my creative dreams, especially long term, is to work on things that incorporate a lot of my different interests and skills Mm -hmm. as opposed to just working on a painting or just playing an instrument. I think it just feels really magical and exciting to be able to incorporate all those different parts of yourself into one project. Definitely. Yeah. Have you been able to do that recently in any shape or form? I I have. I feel like I'm still exploring and thinking about some ways that I can do more of that. I have some ideas that are not not quite out there yet, but things that I'm sort of exploring. But right now, I mean, I'm working on a children's book that I'm writing and illustrating. So that's one example where I'm combining writing poetry with visual art. And that to me, it feels really exciting to put those two things together. And I do think that's an example of one influencing the other. Yeah. So like if I write a poem, that's of course going to influence how I do the illustration, kind of what aspects of the poem I want to bring out and what kind of feeling the poem evokes and how I might want to match that in the illustration. I haven't done that. I've been writing mostly, starting with the writing, so I haven't done that as much going the opposite direction, starting with the illustration and going to the writing of it. But that would be interesting to try also. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think that's such a cool opportunity the idea of writing and illustrating a book i feel like that's one of those uh combinations of artistic pursuits that's like recognized in a professional setting too yes you know it's like i have (laughs) written illustrated my own book and now i can get money for it you know right that's that's one of those cool opportunities where you get to meld the two together um which is also exciting yeah yeah, that's the be-all end-all, but <laughs> that's interesting that you brought that up because I do feel like while that is combining some of my different interests and passions, it doesn't feel like maybe the end goal. It's not the only end goal to be mm-hmm. a author illustrator. That's definitely right. one of them, and that's really important to me. And I have a lot of ideas for different books that I want to work on. But I think because, yeah, I have a lot of other interests that I feel like are maybe a little bit less, there's less of a path that has been carved already to kind of put them together in a professional setting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's interesting that you brought that up. And this also makes me think of, since you brought up the sort of professional making money aspect, I was just thinking about recently, like when we're an artist and we have multiple art forms, I'm interested in how that affects how we define ourselves and our identities Mm -hmm. as an artist. 
and particularly how that shows up when we are making money yeah. with one of our artistic pursuits, but maybe not the other ones. So, like, if you're a musician and a writer and an illustrator, but your day job is musician, right? and people ask you what you do, like, do you say musician? Is that how you think of yourself? That's something I've been thinking about recently. For sure. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. Um, well, even I think about, too, if your profession isn't in, like, a creative arts realm at all. I was on one of the Facebook groups that of a podcast that I listened to, and a person was writing about their experience, and they said they were uh, a chemistry teacher by day and uh, an actress by night, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... But but when people are generally seeing you in your in your job, like you maybe would more conventionally define yourself as a chemistry teacher, you know, but right. that doesn't make the other thing any less a part of your life, which we've talked about this in the past before. Um, but yeah, I think that idea of how does what we get paid for um influence how we define ourselves is a really interesting question um mm-hmm. and i don't know if there's a right answer to it at this point i don't think it's like good or bad if that's how we present ourselves to people necessarily but i think it provides for really a more nuanced view of ourselves if we can introduce ourselves in a way that does discuss not just what we do as our paid job, but some other things that we're interested in too. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious to see if, if that becomes a trend, you know, in coming years, if when you're having interviews or meeting someone new and it's not just what do you do for your job, but what other kinds of things do you do? And regarding that is just as important. Yeah. I do think our society in general, places a lot of value on work. Yeah. And so that does tend to be kind of one of the first questions that most people ask you. And if they say, what do you do? Generally, they mean, what do you do for work? Even if they don't say it. And like, maybe that's not even really what they want to know, but that's just like the question that we've sort of been socialized to ask and answer. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like it's shifting. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah. Um, and maybe you haven't, I don't know if you've had as many conversations about like, what do you do at this point right. in your life? Cause I don't feel like that really came up as much until I had graduated from college, but I do feel like I'm noticing a lot more people asking different questions and answering in different ways. It's not just, how do you do? I feel like at least in the circles that I'm a part of, I can't speak for our culture as a whole. Right. But I've noticed a lot of shifting in that area, which yeah. is really interesting. And I, I think it's encouraging because I, like you said, I don't think it's bad to define ourselves by our work, but I think as a whole, we generally place more emphasis than we need to on that. Yeah, for sure. And then we kind of ignore these things that or we don't talk about these things that maybe we're really passionate about. And I am 
I'm very in favor of talking about the things that we're passionate about. Yeah. But like, that's what I want to talk about. I don't, I don't want to talk to somebody about their job that they hate or like the weather or something really superficial. I just have no interest in that. I want to talk about like, what are you really excited about? What are you working on? Like, what are your creative projects? And yeah, a lot of people don't have an answer to those questions, which also I think points to the fact that we tend to focus on work and these sort of more outward parts of our identities. Yeah, definitely. No, well, and it's, it's hopeful and encouraging and really cool that you are having these conversations and questions asked that are mm-hmm. breaking the mold a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're shifting in that direction. Yeah. I feel like it's happening mm-hmm. slowly, maybe, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Right. <laughs> and another thing that I was thinking about in terms of being an artist in multiple art forms, you kind of brought this up earlier, but sort of the feeling of being a bit scattered. Yeah. When like you have some time that you want to dedicate to your creative art or you want to like you really want to commit to your creativity. But then it's like, well, which one do I work on? I could yeah. write a poem, I could paint a painting, I could practice my mandolin. Like there's too many options and then sometimes right. you end up not doing any of them. Yeah, no, that's been, like, a big conflict for me. Yeah. Um, because on one hand, it, it sounds so so much easier to be like, I'm a writer, because then you don't have that decision-making factor of, well, what do I work on now? It's like, I'm going to work yeah. on my writing. Um, and when you do deep dive into one thing, it feels like you're maybe neglecting the other things yes. that you're interested in. Yes. So... <laughs> So how do you how do you do the things that you like to do well without letting some of them fall by the wayside? And I don't know I don't know if there's an ideal uh situation in which you can do that unless you have like unlimited time. Um, That'd be nice. Which none of us do. <laughs> so um but yeah, that's that's been definitely a thing for me, especially when my time is very limited. Um I just get like decision fatigue yes. if I have any free time and have to think about what kind of project I'm going to do. I just resort to watching Netflix or something, you know, because it it takes energy not only to do this creative thing, but to make the decision to do the creative thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I think I'm in a unique position because I'm like a full-time student, but, but people with full-time jobs who are, also trying to pursue creative things and there's multiple things and it can get overwhelming when you're like, well, this is my job, but I'm so interested in all these other things and I want to be doing them all. And then when it actually comes to doing them, it's so overwhelming that you don't do it at all. Um, Right. And I've been guilty of that. I think that idea that you brought up of feeling like you're neglecting your other creative pursuits when you focus on one is really definitely very familiar for me yeah and i'm guessing for a lot of creative people with a lot of interests which is a lot of people yeah because it does feel like like if you care so passionately about these things it does feel kind of sad to leave the other ones behind for a while and this is something i've been thinking about a lot as i 
because I'm just feeling really scattered at the Mm -hmm. moment and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm pursuing too many things. So something that I, I have, I can't say that I've really implemented this yet, but this idea that I have that I feel like I would like to implement is maybe to pick something to focus on and do that consistently and then also consistently make time to do sort of more freeform creative work. Mm. So the reason that I'm thinking about that is because as a person who wants to pursue creativity and art in some form as a career, I think if that's the case, you kind of do need to focus to a certain extent to really get good at the thing that you want to get good at and actually build a body of work. But then I also think it is really valuable to just like explore and create whatever you feel like creating. So I'm sort of thinking about the fact that maybe those can be two separate priorities in my life. One is like working on this children's book. And then the other block of creative time is kind of whatever I feel like. And maybe I don't need to worry about focus during that time. It's just sort of whatever is calling to me at the moment. Yeah, I really like that you brought that up. That's actually, that's helpful for me just considering what I want to do going forward. And I think that's even true, not even when you're trying to do different kinds of creative things, but when it's the same sort of creative thing, but you're working on like one project. And so for me, I have this draft of a novel that I wrote last summer and I've been trying to work on it, but sometimes I have to step away from that, you know, and just do like some free writing or write mm-hmm. a short story or something to, because if you work on the same thing all the time, you can also get in a rut and risk losing any sort of like diversity or authenticity yeah. or originality um, in your work. And so I think it's also important to dive into the projects that you're working on, but to make space to, kind of like cleanse the palate once in a while, you know, um, and get your brain in kind of a new place. So then you can go back into your project with more clarity, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think this brings up the point that a lot of creative work, if you're trying to pursue it seriously in some way, like you really want to create something, put it out into the world, a lot of it is can be kind of tedious. Yeah. Like there's a lot of editing involved and organizing. And if you're trying to do it as a business, then there's the marketing and the business side of it. So I think in order to stay fulfilled as artists, we need to have some time to just like let our creative juices flow and not only consider that time where we're kind of more structured and focused and like organized as our only creative time. Yeah, definitely. I also think since something else that we talk about a lot is our overall well-being and self-care being really important. I think if we're trying to do so many things at once, it's really hard to take care of yourself. Yeah. That's something that I found, which is tricky if there are a lot of like, and that's also a really beautiful position to be in if you have 
options to do all these different things. Right. <laughs> I agree, though. I mean, yeah, it's this question of are these multiple things fulfilling for you right now? Or, again, are you spreading yourself too thin? And yeah. are you neglecting your well-being? Um, I think this is a conversation that we keep that we need to keep having like mm-hmm. over multiple episodes, maybe at some point, just because this is something that I'm going to want to decide like I, when the summer comes around right now, I'm having a really hard time making any time for creative work because my semester has been very busy. So all of this right now that we're talking about is like kind of hypothetical for me. It's like, I'm yeah. going to put that <laughs> off and then I'm going to get to do it in the summer. But when the summer does come, I want to take advantage of that time, you know? And so what are the best ways to, on one hand, have your job or whatever, your various obligations, and then you have these creative things that you want to be doing, but you also want to take care of yourself. And so my my thing that I've always kind of gone back and forth with is um, for deciding what creative things to be working on at what time. Do you use some sort of like formula or routine or schedule, or do you trust your intuition more? Um, Mm. because I think sometimes it's important to establish a routine because otherwise it's not going to happen, you know, and if you establish the routine, that's one less decision you need to make. So it's like, well, I have this schedule, but I'm going to make time to do writing at this point in the week, you know, but other times like maybe, maybe instead we just need to listen to our intuition and really tap into that and not overthink too much and like program things in, you know, and I think the nature of it being a creative pursuit, there's some resistance to the fact of being like, this is when I'm going to write, you know? Yes. Um, (laughs) This is so familiar. Yeah. I don't know. And this is like the age old question for me, you know, how do I go about approaching this so that I'm productive, but not just in some sort of mechanized routine where I'm not really feeling fulfilled, but if I'm just like, I'm going to use my intuition and decide when I want to do things, whatever I want, then it won't happen, you know? Right. And so I don't have an answer for this yet, but I want to keep thinking about it and I want to keep talking about this and getting listeners' perspectives and see if people have good ideas about that because that has like always been the struggle for me. Yeah. This is something else that I've been thinking a lot about recently, because I do think as a creative person, I do have a lot of resistance to structure. Right. And as someone who is like, I feel like I'm pretty in touch with my intuition and I enjoy trusting it. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. If you try to do that all the time. You get nothing done. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it just doesn't really work. So, and I also feel like I'm I'm sort of learning about myself that I function best. I really thrive when I do have some structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I resist it. And something that I've been thinking about, another thing that I like haven't really figured out how to implement, <laughs> but a plan that I have that feels like a pretty solid plan is again, sort of like carving out blocks of time in a really scheduled, consistent way. But then within that time, following my intuition as to what exactly needs to be worked on. So like within my 
children's book creative time, following my intuition might look like, like, which poem do I really feel drawn to editing today? Or do I really feel like it's time to write a new poem? Do I need to add something? Or does it feel like a day where I need to practice my illustration skills or start this illustration? And then within my like less structured creative time that is still structured in the sense of like blocking out time for it, that I think could be more flexible of like, what do I really, do I feel like making music? Do I feel like crocheting? Mm -hmm. But it is hard. It's challenging. This is something that I, I also have been looking forward to the summer since I'm on a school year schedule as well. Cause I have a really peculiar teaching schedule where my schedule changes every day and every week. And it's been very challenging to block out consistent mm, time, Yeah, which on the one hand, I do think it will be easier when the school year is over, but I also really want to try to figure out how to start implementing that before the school year is over because yeah. I don't want to just like wait until the conditions are perfect because even though the summer is going to be easier I don't and it's probably not going to be as easy as I think it's going to yeah, be yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> that's also very relatable yeah it's like if I just wait till right. this time then but then like when does it good. happen <laughs> right right yeah and I think we treat a lot of things like that you know, not just creativity. If I wait till this time, till the time is right, then I will be able to have a better attitude or then I will be able to do this or then I will have more time for this. You know, we could go on a whole episode about that, you know. Right. Um, we probably will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. These are really good questions. And I feel like we should keep experimenting and see coming back with things we figure out about it. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think, like, going back to this idea of combining multiple art forms or being interested in different art forms, I think, like, giving yourself the structure to allow for your... to give yourself the time for your intuition to guide you creatively within that time... Yeah. I think will... I think that allows you to, like, combine your arts more mm -hmm. if you give yourself the time to do that. Right. I don't know if that's making sense exactly what I'm trying to say. But, like, if you sort of let yourself intuitively see what you're drawn to while also being structured enough so that you're actually doing the thing, yeah, then I think what's going to happen is probably that somehow your creative interests are going to align or overlap. Right. If that's what you want. Right. It might not be what you want. It's definitely what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm hoping. For sure. But I'm also, I'm still really interested in this idea sort of that we started off on of like, how does one, art form influence the other and I think this we can see this both on an individual level and on a more collective level I'm thinking of in terms of the collective I'm thinking of like my music history classes in college where we learned about how certain musical periods of classical music like classical 
music mostly happening in Western Europe was affected by the art that was happening right. in the same part of the world at the same time, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. There's like the Impressionist period happening in art and sort of the Impressionist... I don't even remember if that's exactly what it's called in music, but there's a definitely a really strong connection between the two. Yeah, we've actually been talking about that in one of my classes, too. Yeah. Um, we were writing papers on comparing like a modernist art piece to a modernist literature work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah, and how even though they're completely different media, uh, how they compare and ideas... Uh, of like alienation and fragmentation that are are both in them even though they're completely mm-hmm. different ways of expressing those things right and in terms of impressionist that's the one that i remember mm-hmm. it's more it's about like conveying a mood right as opposed to all the little details right which of course shows up very differently in art than it does in music so I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think this speaks to um, the importance of like defining what values you want to put in your art, because I think that's what um, this discussion is kind of pointing to. It's like these various artists and writers and musicians had things that they wanted to convey, and they all did it in a different way, but it was directed by some sort of, of energy that they were all feeling um Mm -hmm. and so maybe maybe that's a good way to approach pursuing your own different art forms you know if there's some kind of energy that you want to channel into both of them even though they're completely different things that could help provide some sort of connection between them i think yeah well that reminds me too of something that's given me a little bit of connection between my art forms and a little bit of clarity as to what I'm trying to accomplish with them and sort of how I want to go about pursuing them is the threads connecting these different art forms Mm. about what I like about them. Yeah. Because I do think there, there's a lot of overlap between why I write poetry and what I want my poetry to do and why I play music and what I love about music and why I make art and what I love about art. And for me, it has a lot to do with emotions and evoking emotions. And it could be something totally different for somebody else. That's sort of the through line connecting their different creative interests. So that's one of them for me. And especially how space and color affect those emotions yeah which like space and color sounds a little bit more abstract when you're thinking about poetry or music but I was talking to a friend recently about how I really enjoy design particularly website design which I forgot to mention at the top of the show but I just designed a new website for our podcast it's beautiful I'm quite pleased with but anyway Design is a lot about space. And I was talking to a friend recently about another thing that I'm really passionate about is music theory. And music theory to me is a lot about space, too. Hmm. The space between the different pitches and those relationships between those spaces. Interesting. 
And I have no idea, like, what the significance of that connection is. Right. <laughs> but it was really exciting to discover. <laughs> but Right, but it's there. Yeah. It's like, ooh. And so, yeah. No, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah, that's that's super interesting that you bring that up. And I think it's cool, too, that you bring up the idea of how maybe it's the a thing that connects all our different creative pursuits is the motivation behind it, like, why we do creative things. Yeah. And how that can be different between individuals, but how maybe it's motivating their different uh, creative art forms. And that's that's really interesting to me. Um, so that's something I want to keep thinking about. Do you feel like that's about. true for you, that there's some connecting motivation behind your creative pursuits? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I know you, like you said, you are really focused on like emotions and evoking emotions. And... I think mine is um, centered around this idea of like not just creativity, but like creation, like you're making Mm -hmm. some sort of product um, and you're like bringing something into the world and that could improve someone's life. And like, that's why I do it is because of this like generative process, I think. Um, And so, yeah. I think it's interesting that like we have different goals with that, but we're also have a lot of connections between it too, you know, and I think they're interrelated mm-hmm. at the same time. Right. And like what you just said, I agree with that also. That's another reason why I right. make things. Maybe not for me the most potent reason. Right. But it's definitely part of the equation. Exactly. Too. Yeah. So you can have multiple mm. things that are connecting your creative work. I wonder also if you have any thoughts on collaborating with somebody else who's doing a different art form Mm. than you. Yeah. Um, The reason why I've been thinking about like interdisciplinary art and things like that is because um, I'm one of the editors for my school's literary and fine arts magazine and we just published it, but that, um, publication incorporates writing and art and music and we had our magazine launch recently and we had a gallery open of the pieces that got submitted but we also had like a video game that someone submitted and we hmm. had a video that someone made you know and cool. so it's it was but it felt very collaborative in a way even though these were individual pieces because we got to put them all in this gallery and share them all with people at the same time And so that's a little different than just collaborating with someone on a similar project. But this idea of how like putting art in conjunction with other art pieces can can um, what am I trying to say? Kind of garner a different kind of appreciation for for art, I believe, just rather than just looking at like an individual piece on its own or like a gallery full of writing or a gallery full of painting or whatever. Right. I do feel like combining different art forms can enhance each other. Right. As as the person who's experiencing the art forms. I'm thinking right now of, you know, the movie Fantasia? Yeah. Where it's like animated little stories to go along with classical music. Mm-hmm. Which I loved as a kid. And yeah. I still think it's a beautiful concept. Really beautifully done as well. And I... Yeah, I think another one of the kind of things that connects my different 
artistic passions is the senses. Yeah. I'm like a very sensory oriented person. And I really, I'm really interested in how these things that we perceive with our senses can, um, well, can evoke our emotions. I'm interested in the connection between the two, but especially when you're mixing different sensory experiences, like you're hearing music plus visual animation or artwork. It can make both more powerful sometimes, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the idea of collaboration, I think it's cool to collaborate with someone who is working on a different art form than you because you get these these different perspectives while also finding these common grounds again of like Mm -hmm. why we create and why we do these things and so i think it can provide us with new insights about how to approach our own art i agree quote to send all of our creative souls off with today this is from Toni Morrison like any artist with no art form she became dangerous and I remember reading this I forget what book this is from but I think it's from a book that I read in high school English class should look that up so we can put it in the show notes what book it's from um but I remember when I first heard that, it just like hit me really hard. I was like, wow. <laughs> because I think it speaks to the fact that as artists, as people who are aware of our creative potential, if we do not exercise it, it's, I, I mean, I think it's harmful to our beings. I think it's such an important piece of how we are in the world. And it doesn't mean you have to be a painter or writer. We've talked about this before. To be a creative person or even an artist, your art form could be like cooking really beautiful meals or having really thoughtful, interesting conversations or making piles of rocks in certain formations when you're going out for your daily walk or whatever. But I think... I just think it's really important to utilize our creative energy, whatever art form that is. Yeah. So while we can get kind of overwhelmed by trying to decide what art form we want to focus on or how we might want to combine them, I think it's just really important to start somewhere and make sure that we're directing that creative energy somehow. Yeah. I think it also just speaks to how powerful creativity is, that quote, which I I really like. Mm -hmm. I think she's just speaking to that, too, which we obviously can get behind. Right. And that's a very powerful quote. Yeah. Like I said, I just felt like it hit me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the feeling I got from it. Speaking of evoking feelings. (laughs) So thank you to Toni Morrison for that gem. So, as always, you can find show notes on our website, which 
exciting news, we now have a new website, which is pretty cool. So instead of trying to spell my name, you can just go to neverwearboringsocks.com slash listen, and then you'll see all the episodes up there. I know, it's very exciting. And click on this episode, episode 54, and you can get links to anything we talked about, the quote of the day. So yeah, check it out there. And thank you to Ben Ramsey and Martha Barnard, as always, for Ben for doing our audio editing and Martha for adding some mandolin tunes to our music. And since we're back now, we're going to be coming back with some new episodes pretty soon. We're excited to release some new episodes this spring and summer. So if you want to make sure that you get them, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you feel inspired to do so, we would love a rating and review. Yes. And until next time, never wear boring socks. And I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know what I was going to start with. (laughs) I guess we should go to our (laughs) outro. Let's.